podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Do you know what separates me from the pack in AEW? I am one miserable son of a bitch. The fact that Brian Cage thinks he can beat me pisses me off. The fact that Taz thinks Brian Cage can beat me pisses me off. The mere idea that anybody in AEW or in this sport anywhere in the world could possibly think they could beat me pisses me off. It's what drives me. It makes me train harder. It makes me hit harder. It makes me more violent, less apologetic. With all due respect, Taz, you are one of the great trash talkers of all time. But in this case, there he is right now. Freaking deal. Educate me. I'm sick. Get this out of my face. Educate me, Taz. I'm sitting in my trailer and I just hear you chirping. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Enough of this. Get yourself right. Get your head right. Because you're getting put out at Fighter Fest. I'm telling you. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis along with Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Episode 36, which I, I don't know if you've felt this way, dude, but I feel like AEW's had like 200 shows. <laughs> Maybe that's just the pandemic speaking. This is only their 36th show? Really? That doesn't feel right to me. How but, many episodes of AEW Dark have they done? Um, and by the way, according to Grapple, yeah, this is episode 36. Uh, Dark has 37 episodes. I think they did like a. I think they did like a special episode of. I think they did a special episode of Dark where they had like two episodes of Dark in one week. Mm-hmm. So there is one more Dark episode than there is regular TV. But yeah, I I don't know. This is super weird to me. I feel like there should be more episodes than 36, but here we are, <laughs> 36 episodes in for Dynamite. Uh of course the uh the ban on AEW Dark in this household continues. I have not seen an episode. 
in weeks and weeks, and uh, I will make an effort to go back, of course, once crowds also come back. But for now, the the format of the show is not particularly appealing to me. It's mostly competitive squash matches, by and large. So yeah, um, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know. A lot of people seem to be back this week on the show so maybe we'll maybe we'll see things start to to shake up again so let's let's hop right into it uh the announced crew they run down the card for tonight it looks like justin roberts is back in the ring as well which of course he was for this episode and chris jericho comes out to join the commentary team and he is there for like the first three or four matches i want to say Yeah, right up uh, until the Sammy Guevara match. So he's got four matches under there, I believe. Uh, So the opener right away, the the Butcher and the Blade against FTR and FTR's debut. Uh, They note, uh, they make note and the camera also shows that there are a lot of managers in the stands scouting this match. Jericho says that this must be Jim Ross's birthday because FTR is making frequent tags in a tag team match. And they're using the tag rope. (laughs) And they're using the tag rope. Um, FTR controlling uh, the Butcher early, but uh, or the Blade early. Uh, Butcher gets in, and the match essentially resets as the bigger guy gets in there. Uh, They manage to cut off Cash Wheeler. Uh, Blade does this uh, leapfrog, uh, but gets countered by Wheeler into a power slam, which affords him a tag to uh, to Dax Harwood. He gets the hot tag. He comes in. Uh, FTR hits this double-hanging DDT on the Butcher. They hit this great superplex elbow drop, I guess it was. I thought they were going for a splash, but they did a superplex, uh, superplex into a, uh, an elbow combo, which got a very close to. Uh, assisted side slam type double team from the butcher and the blade for it too. They hit the shatter machine on butcher, which has been renamed the good night express, which was a clever name. And uh, they hit the stuffed pile driver on the blade for the win, which I believe Excalibur called the uh, brain breaker or something. Yeah. Uh, they get the victory there and, uh, before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of the opener uh, and FTR's debut in particular, Nick? Um, I, I actually did just check my notes. Mind breaker. We were very close. Mind breaker. Yes. Um, I mean, I wasn't blown away uh, when I actually I did check grapple scores before we watched this and I thought they went a little bit overboard. Uh, I ended up only giving this a 2.5. Like okay. there was nothing wrong. It was good wrestling, but maybe... I'm not as crazy about two brawling teams going at each other. Mm -hmm. Like, everything they did was great. Like, you could tell that FTR is still an amazing unit, and they haven't lost anything during the time that they've been away from wrestling. Yeah. Um, But this one just wasn't – it just wasn't my match, I guess I would say, Mm -hmm. the best way to put it. But I loved this a lot. There was a great line in here where – Ah, uh, Chris Jericho said something about, I believe it was the Butcher being in Every Time I Die, being a rock and roll guitar player. Yes. And JR just goes, he's a bass player. <laughs> and Jericho's <laughs> like, oh, you taught me something about rock and roll, JR. <laughs> that was funny. That was pretty good. That was yeah. pretty funny. Um, yeah, this kind of was my style a little bit. I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed the two kind of roughneck um, smash mouth teams. And you know, it's funny 
is that I, and I think it's part of the, the, the deal as well. Part of the, the gimmick is that FTR is like, you know, we're not this high spots team, uh, but they kind of are when the match picks up, they just don't do flips yep. and dives and stuff. They just do like really nice, cleanly done double teams and they do it in a very slick manner. Um, and by the way, this is something I didn't even realize. Uh, maybe we, maybe it was mentioned on here and I've forgotten, but the reason they chose their names was because it's an homage to Axe and Smash. Really? Dax and Cash. Yes. They, in fact, uh, admitted as much that this is a, that the names were an homage to Axe and Smash. So hell of a team to name yourself after. I love it. Yes. Uh, I actually was above grapple here, Nick. I went three and a quarter. Really? Uh, yeah, I did, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And grapple though went 3.18, uh, which you also said was too high. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So we're off. We're not on the same page for the opener. Uh, after the match, the, uh, FTR gets on the mic and they start talking about their win and the young bucks come out to introduce themselves and things look like they're going to get heated when the butcher and the blade attack the young bucks and FTR attack butcher and the blade. And then a bunch of other teams run out, uh, like super bad death squad and, um, God, who else runs out? I know Omega and page come out to aid the bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a bunch of teams run out. The, the tag division is on fire, Nick. Yes, it is. Uh, the natural nightmares get a shot at the championships next week. I actually don't know why this is something that I know they've gotten a few wins, but why they're getting a title match. Like I would feel better if they, uh, if they explained this as like the champions have offered an open contract, uh, or they offered a title match to this team or something like I would like an explanation other than they're just getting a title match because it doesn't seem like they've earned one, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're getting a title match next week. And uh, Dustin is questioning whether or not QT's head is in the right space uh, while he's hanging out with Allie, who he is described as his girl. Uh, I have no idea what's happening with any of this because she was with butcher and the blade. I have no idea what, what is happening here. I had to look this up because I've been confused. I was certain that I had seen Allie in the crowd with QT over the last couple of weeks. Oh, she has just, been. Yeah. Right. And I and I didn't understand why, and I just didn't care to look into it until uh, I watched this episode. Apparently, it's a storyline that's playing out on Dark okay. um, where they'll ask her questions about why isn't she managing the Butcher and the Blade, and she'll just completely ignore it. So she's obviously trying to infiltrate the natural nightmares for some reason, but – I, I guess that's the storyline. Yes. Um, up next, Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose against the team of Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. Heels jump the baby faces to get the advantage, but it doesn't last particularly long. Nyla smashes Chris Statlander to gain the advantage. Uh, this goes through a commercial break. Once we're back, uh, Statlander creates some space, gets Sheeta in there. She just beats the shit out of Penelope Ford. Uh, Statlander with this uh, moonsault for a near fall, but gets cut off. Uh, it's Sheeta and Nyla Rose in there. She hits the superplex uh, on Nyla Rose. There's this axe kick from Statlander that gets an, uh, a near fall. Nyla Rose with this a great double guillotine knee onto both yes. Statlander and Sheeta. That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a quick comeback from the baby faces. Penelope Ford kicks out of the Falcon arrow, 
And after that, Nyla cracks Sheeta with her own championship, and Penelope grabs Sheeta, hits her with the Fisherwoman suplex, and pins the champion. Uh, presumably setting up a title match between Sheeta and Penelope Ford. Nick, what did you think of the uh, the tag match? I liked it a lot. Me um, too. I thought it was very competitive, and uh, definitely one. Of- one of the best women's matches tag wise I've seen in AEW. Like everyone was just on everyone played their part. Right. Um, I love the spot where Penelope Ford did the matrix to avoid, but like I turned into a stunner. I thought that was really cool. Um, Just kudos to all four of these women. They put on an amazing tag match. I gave it a, I gave it a 2.75 because I do wish it would have gone a little bit longer. I just Mm -hmm. thought, it could have benefited from that, but beyond that, no complaints about what was happening in the ring. Yeah, I must have been in a really good mood the day I watched this show because <laughs> yeah. I really liked this match. I thought for the same th- uh, and for the same things, I thought they all worked really well together. I thought Penelope Ford continues to look good. I thought Nyla Rose continued to look good. Uh, mm-hmm. Statlander looked good. Sheeta looked like everybody looked good. Uh, they were all hitting their stuff. I thought this match flowed really well. I went three and a quarter again. You know, I'm I'm good with that because I was debating giving this a three, but I saw other stuff in the show that I thought was yeah. more worthy, so that changed my vote for it. Yeah. Uh, Grapple, 2.79. So this is just me, like, just having a good day on, awesome. on Thursday when I watch the show. So We need that kind of positivity in the world, Tony. We do. A- absolutely, sir. What, like, without a doubt. So I'm yes. happy to be... I'm happy to provide some of it or at least have some of it rub off on me anyway. (laughs) Um, So we get this video of Darby Allen killing himself with Tony Hawk there to watch him. Uh, That was pretty crazy. Darby, it's Darby Allen with Tony Hawk. And he's like, I can't wrestle. They won't let me. And he's like, Tony Hawk's like, whatever, man, you can skate here, whatever you want. Darby's like, okay, I'm going to try to land on my skateboard off of a ladder. (laughs) <laughs> and Tony Hawk's like, cool. And you just see him wipe out a million times and eventually he hits it. And Jim Ross is flabbergasted by all of this. And Jericho um, calls Darby Allen a creep. <laughs> yes. I love the thing. Jericho is always like, he's a creep. He's weird, but he's hanging out with skateboarding legend, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. Yep. <laughs> he always has to put it over. Even if he buries somebody, he immediately puts it over again. And that's why he's the man. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got another Britt Baker profile video. This wasn't really much of a training session type thing as much of it is. It was sort of like a personality type profile, but there was some of that fake training stuff in there as well. <laughs> Inner circle. Uh, Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager against best friends. Chucky e. T. Uh, Trent and Orange Cassidy. Heels jump the faces. We actually seen this a few times on the show already. Uh, the baby faces make their comeback minus Orange Cassidy, who was taken out by Hager. Uh, the baby faces are cut off and Chuck is triple teamed. This goes through a break. After the break, Orange Cassidy has revived, receives a lukewarm tag, uh, but then goes crazy. Hits like a double Hurricane Rana on Santana and Ortiz. Hits this great satellite DDT on Santana. Eventually he is cut off, though. He uh, Santana and Ortiz go for the street sweeper, but it is broken up by the best friends and Orange Cassidy hooks. I think it's Ortiz in this wacky Lucha cradle and gets the win for his team before we talk about the absolute weirdest ending 
I'm just weird in terms of I can't believe I'm going to talk about it. But before we talk about that, what did you think of the six man? Oh, it was a lot of fun. It mm-hmm. was a good match right there. Um, there there was a great line in here also about Jericho's just money whenever he's on the mic. But he said yeah. that he doesn't like Trent. He doesn't even have a last name. He lost in a poker, poker game, game, he heard. Yes. <laughs> lost and, it in a poker game. And, and Orange Cassidy just continues to be an entertaining part of the show, man. When he comes alive, he comes alive. He is yep. exciting in that ring. Mm-hmm. I was actually watching old, I believe he was Red Ant in uh, Chikara. Yes. I watched a match with him, and I think it was Drew Gulak, a soldier ant, against uh, Super Smash Brothers. And I'm like, man, this guy was entertaining even back then. Yeah, the ants um, were a really good team in Chikara. They were, man. And, and it... He, he is such a fun character and could still be taken seriously. I was a little bit concerned about when he was first coming to AEW if it would translate well mm-hmm. with a larger audience, but I love that it's just caught on fire. It's worked really well. It has. Um, I gave this one three stars. I loved it. It was just a fun six-man tag. Yeah. Hey, we meet for the first time in this episode. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. I, I thought this was a really fun match. Orange Cassidy's comebacks are... Uh, still really good. He he offered a little bit of variety this time, so it was not the same exact comeback he makes every time, which he, he can't make that regularly, at least not in 2020. People kind of get, you know, they'll be like, ah, it's the same comeback we see every time. Mm-hmm. Um, he varied it up a little bit this time with the double Hurricane Rana on Santana and Ortiz. Uh, and, yeah, the all of these guys worked really well together. Everybody played their part well. I also gave this a three- Grapple, though, still not following us, man. 2.68. They're getting there. They are. But they're not all the way there. They should catch up. (laughs) Yes. After the pin, Orange Cassidy is immediately beat down. And then Chris Jericho enters the ring with a large bag of oranges. (laughs) It made me think of a family guy joke right off the bat. You put them in a bag of oranges and you smack them around. It leaves no welts. <laughs> well, unfortunately for Orange Cassidy, he came up bleeding from this attack and then yeah. was whacked. I wrote here, Orange Cassidy is bleeding and was whacked with a sack of oranges. What the hell did I just type is in my notes. <laughs> blood and, oranges. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, because at the end, Chris Jericho called him Blood Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, and this is, of course, setting up a Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy match in the year 2020. Heck yeah. Blood Orange Cassidy just got juiced. <laughs> you did say that. Yeah. Oh, my God. What if uh, what if Blood Orange Cassidy is like the demon Finn Balor? Oh my god, or like uh he's like Kinshin Liger or something. Yeah, he's Kinshin Liger. Yeah, he's transformed for sure. <laughs> oh, I could see Orange Cassidy wearing makeup or something. It'd be so bad. He's not KG Mudo, he's the great Muda. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Crazy. Uh MJF interrupts a Billy Gunn interview, pissed off that he hasn't been given his shot yet at the championship, continues talking about how he's being held down by the top brass in AEW, Uh, then mocks Billy Gunn uh, when Billy Gunn tries to get his interview back, and uh, mocks Billy Gunn to the point where Billy Gunn wants a piece of MJF, and then Wardlow steps in uh, 
steps in front to to kind of stop that from happening. Although we do find out later that there is going to be uh, an MJF versus Billy Gunn match for next week, which again, 2020. <laughs> uh, we then get a recap of Colt Cabana's hardships in recent weeks, all of his losses. And then we get Sammy Guevara and Colt Cabana, where this match was billed as a must-win for both guys. They've both been losing quite a bit lately, and uh, they both need a win here. So it's all Colt early on, but Guevara hits this dive to the outside going into a break. Uh, And when we're back from the break, Colt starts a comeback, hits a moonsault for a two. uh, But then he tries to hit the Chicago skyline on Sammy Guevara, but slips on the ropes and Sammy hits him with the GTH, which I don't think we know what that stands for, but maybe it's go to hell. Uh, but go to he, heck. Go to heck. He hits <laughs> he hits Colt with the GTH for the win. What did you think of Sammy Guevara and Colt Cabana? I like this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, short, I but this- good. Short, but good. Exactly. I think that's the best way to explain it. Um, I like what they're doing with Colt as far as the storyline goes with him having difficulties. I was pretty certain that Sammy was going to get the win here from the beginning, but just because something's predictable doesn't make it bad. It actually can make it pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a 2.5. I enjoyed the action, but I agree. It, you know, it was just a little short. Yeah, uh, I thought these two worked really well together. I enjoyed this thing that they're doing with Colt Cabana. It's really interesting that they're taking the uh, the comedy character and doing like a serious twist with them. And we have seen serious Colt Cabana mm-hmm. in, in the past. Well, at least you and I have for longtime followers of ring of honor. It's a little, a twinge reminiscent of the feud he had with homicide. Yeah. Um, where Colt Cabana had to learn to be violent and brutal to, uh, to defeat homicide. And I don't know if we're going to get the same thing here, but uh, maybe something uh, with shades of that. So, if Sammy Guevara pours uh, Drano down Colt Cabana's throat, I'll be <laughs> losing my mind. Oh, shit. Here we go. Um, I went two and three quarters, and okay. Grapple went 2.56. Oh. So I feel like this is the one we've been closest on so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the match, a full complement of Dark Order comes out to the ring, including Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. They're all out there, and Brody comes. Mr. Brody comes all the way out there just to help Colt Cabana up. And then he goes to the back, but Colt Cabana follows him, and he goes up the heel tunnel or ramp, which um, the announcers made note of as well. Sammy Guevara is then like, you know, hey, play my music. I'm the winner. And then Extreme Hardy Boys Matt Hardy comes out, and then is just weird to Sammy <laughs> Guevara. Is that the best way to describe it? Yes. He changes personality multiple times and it's just strange. Did I get the gist of it? You got the gist of it for oh, sure. The, okay. the only other thing I don't think we mentioned was Colt Cabana throwing off uh, Sammy Guevara's uh, hit me up mobile off the stage. <laughs> when he came out. Yes. He kind of just went whoop. Just pushed <laughs> <Yep>. it off. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Sammy Guevara treated it, of course, like a dog had been thrown out of a window. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did not take well to it. Um, there's actually a pretty great Joey Janela video that looks like it is a maybe part of a series of him deciding to form a tag team with Sonny Kiss. I think they've teamed on uh, Dark a few times, and... Uh, 
I'm curious to see what they end up doing with this. And I like what they're doing with Janela here. I like the video where he was questioning, you know, he came to AEW because he wanted to be a star. And now he's wondering uh, if maybe his, uh, his best wrestling days are actually behind him instead of in front of him. And they even had this bit where he looks over his shoulder and like the billboard behind him starts playing the, his famous CZW clip with Zandig where he like, whatever it was, uh, Zandig like broke his back or some shit. Uh, it was, um, I, I actually have to mention this cause I watched it the other night. I always thought it was CZW too. It was actually GCW. Was it, it was the, it was, it was the finals of the Zandig turn, uh, tournament of survival. Uh, and yeah, I, I watched that match the other night. So when I saw this, I was like, holy crap, GCW footage on a TNT program. Weird. <laughs> yes. Really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, interesting to see what could be, see what they can do with this. And Sunny Kiss is also another competitor that they have not featured very heavily on television. So, um, curious to see what they can do here. Uh, backstage, Colt Cabana goes into Mr. Brody's office. So there's that. Announced for next week, Billy Gunn and MJF, the tag title match, as previously noted, and the TNT championship match uh, will also happen. Best friends versus lay sex gods. Yes. And the super bad death squad versus young bucks. And I think they struggled to say this, but didn't they say that best friends title opportunities on the line? I believe, I believe they did mm-hmm. or at least hinted at it. Yes. Um, John Moxley's outside with Alex Marvez. He's pissed off, pissed at cage. Can't wait to fight him. He's highly offended by the idea that uh, that anybody thinks that they can beat him, anybody in the world, that pisses him off. It makes him want to train harder, hit harder. Uh, Taz shows up. He's heard all of this from his trailer. Says enough chirping. Quit talking about things. Uh, it's time for action. And then Brian Cage attacks Moxley from behind. Basically tosses him onto and attempts to toss him through cars. <laughs> Uh, I thought Moxley was awesome here. Like I thought the promo started a little rough, but then once he, he felt like he found a groove and then he was awesome. Yeah, I I would, I would agree with you. He was kind of rambling at first and then he eventually found his stride and yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cool that they set up Mox for a big uh, ambush just to get him put through the uh, car window. Yeah. Good stuff. That's what I saw. I like uh, violence, more violence, please. more violent, more glorious professional wrestling violence. Yes. Uh, Cody and Mark Quinn hype video. And then we got Cody, of course, defending the TNT championship against Mark Quinn. Uh, so I thought there was some pretty good back and forth to start this one uh, mm-hmm. fairly evenly matched. But Cody takes charge just before the break. And after the break, uh, Quinn was playing possum with his ankle, but uh, he was playing possum, but he is also selling his ankle. So it was hurting, just not as bad as he was leading on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody cut him off pretty quickly, though. Hits this great reverse superplex off of the top rope. Uh, Quen fakes out Cody. Uh, hits a standing shooting star press for a two. Kind of does this wonky twisting DDT, which somehow worked out. Like, the announcers played it up like, wow, that happened exactly as he planned. But I <laughs> think the idea here was for Quen to... Because I think Cody went for a suplex, right? And Quen landed on his feet, like floated over him, 
landed on his feet. And then I think his idea here was to backflip himself up and over Cody and DDT him, but it didn't quite work. And he's, they sort of just twisted into the DDT and it kind of looked okay. So it was one one of those happy accidents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three straight dives on his bad ankle goes up to the top, but Cody rolls out to the ramp. So Mark Quinn says, fuck it. And does a four fifty splash off the top rope onto Cody on the ramp. That looked like it hurt. Yes. Uh, gets back into the ring, gets Cody back into the ring, goes for a shooting star press off of the top rope, but Cody sidesteps him, puts him in an ankle lock, uh, and then goes with an unorthodox ankle lock with like a foot, like leverage instead. And Mark Quinn taps out. What did you think of the main event? I thought this was another excellent, uh, TNT title match. Mm-hmm. Um, was it at the beginning of the match that Cody went for a disaster kick and it got countered into a drop kick by Quinn? Yes, and that was very nice. That was very cool. Um, that, I loved how much they sold uh, his messed up ankle and it worked perfectly into the finish of the match. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like they did just enough here to make you want the rematch to see them at you know one hundred percent. Yeah, um, hell of a match. I give this one uh, three point two five. It was my favorite match of the week. Yeah, I also gave this one three and a quarter. Uh, I thought these guys were pretty darn good. I think um, I've seen, I'd have to go listen to it. I actually haven't listened to anybody talk about the matches. So mm-hmm. um, I've been too busy this week. I haven't listened to any recaps of AEW or NXT. So <laughs> uh, I think uh, I've seen that there are some people who didn't quite dig this match, but I thought it was good. Uh, I thought Mark Quinn had a good showing for himself and I thought Cody looked good again. This, this didn't feel like as big of a, uh, uh, as big of a challenge for Cody as last week with jungle boy. So yeah, I went three and a quarter grapple went 3.04. Okay. Close enough. Uh, after the match, Jake Hager comes out and lays out Cody uh, the Hardy Party comes in to save. Inner Circle comes out to fight. And uh, it's set up for next week. Cody, Jake Hager for the TNT Championship, which I'm not all that looking forward to, but maybe they can do something with it. And I presume that'll be your main event uh, mm-hmm. for next week as well. So, yeah, the, I don't know. What do you think about Hager and Cody as, as the main? Uh, <laughs> I feel good about Cody, but not so much about Hager. Yeah, um, I, I, it, it's just going to end up being like a superstar match from like 2009 or something. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, look, I, I, we all had high hopes for that Jake Hager Dustin Rhodes match. Like that crowd was amped up, and I'm like, maybe they'll pull something out. This isn't WWE. Maybe they're going to do something crazy, and they kind of just had a superstars match on that pay per view. So. <laughs> Uh, I think Hager has a. I think Hager's best role is being the heavy in tags or six mans, where he mm-hmm. can come in, kind of do some big, impressive-looking power stuff. But I don't think he's good over long stretches. So yeah, I'd rather see him in tags too. I agree. Trying to find I, that silver lining, put him in that bad luck Fale spot. Exactly, because he hey he did fine in the six man tag earlier, you know. So nothing against him, but mm-hmm. uh, I prefer you in tags, Jake Hager. I really do. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, that's the podcast, everybody. Uh, for this week, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. 
hit subscribe and that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more dynamite on tnt featuring cody and jake hager for the aew tnt championship